You are now live on Nostalgia FC Pod. Please do not swear. Nailed it, but we're going to swear loads. <laughs> I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime and I fully regretted it. But yeah, here we go. Little Messi drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. I like Campbell's Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. Pele is Jay from in between us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Xavi Lasso. Pirlo. If you say it, say it with chest. <laughs> Sorry, you just asked the guest. <laughs> do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar, from what oh. I read. <laughs> Mara who? Sorry? You're a pair of twats, you know? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Nostalgia FC Podcast with your hosts, me, Drew. And me, George. This is usually the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of obscure football and history, but today we're tweaking it a little bit. Yeah, we are delving deep into the recesses of other sports. <laughs> uh, basically, we're going to make I'm a straight. start in 11 of uh, any anyone that we fit, uh, feel fits the position from any other sport. Yes. So, in summary, this is our alternative sports eleven. So they could yes. be from, as George said, any other sport, and as tenuous a link as we could find to put them in a football team. And some of these <laughs> are very tenuous. I <laughs> oh, love it. So uh, we've gone for a four-three-three. Um, we've also got a manager as well. No super sub because um, honestly, we, we forgot to put one in. So um, we're just going to go for. <laughs> A four three three with a manager as well, um, and then we maybe decide on a kit as we come to the end of this. Um, we're both we're both rocking uh, NFL jerseys currently, although yep. George is wearing one for a team he does not support. Yeah, I fully jumped on the bad wagon of Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. So Joey Burr, Joey Burr. So just to break down, fans, uh, myself and George are, believe it or not, fans of other sports as well, mainly American yes. sports. Um, we both love NFL. I love NBA. George is getting there with NBA. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. George loves F1. I don't. Yep. Yeah, I went to a driving range last weekend. I'm now pretty much on the PGA Tour. <laughs> we any good? We any good? Absolutely not. No, shocking. <laughs> not good at all. Yeah. All right. No so, Gareth Bale. No, no, not quite. No. No, not in fact, not even a little bit. <laughs> so uh, we'll get straight in with the goalkeeper. Now, the goalkeeper uh, is a very popular sports person in a very different sport to football, a sport where if you did what you were supposed to do in that sport, you'd definitely get sent off in football. <laughs> so the goalkeeper is Tyson Fury, famous boxer, yes. Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King. I love as well, right? Drew Drew sent me through our uh, starting eleven uh, in his notes, and um, in the the brackets just says massive, aggressive, great with hands. I think that's and a pretty good summary of what he is. I think that's pretty decent. Yeah. So let's break it down, actual logic wise, as to why he's in goal. Because obviously, he's not the most. I mean, he is pretty agile. You know, I've never yeah. seen him dive anywhere. But does he need to? If he is six foot nine. I don't know. He, he dived on the floor against Deontay Wilder that time. That's true. <laughs> then he got back up. Much like a goalkeeper does. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tenuous links. Here we go. So Tyson Fury, uh, 
six foot nine yeah. with a 85 inch reach. So with his arms out, he's pretty much got the goal covered. I was going to say he doesn't need start. to dive, does he? No, not at all. <laughs> his punch, imagine his punch from a corner. He's never catching it. He's going to punch it to the other goal. <laughs> I was going to say that that pretty much would save you uh, save you any anything coming back into the box as well. Yeah. And one of my favourite things for a goalkeeper to do is to be vocal, talk to the defenders, talk to the opposition <laughs> players, and Tyson Fury's got that nailed. Smack talk <laughs> is Tyson Fury's favourite thing to do. Uh, he'd just be calling the opposition strikers dosses the whole time. Uh, I was going to say, Lionel Messi would be called a dosser numerous times. <laughs> Can you imagine Lionel Messi going up for a header with Tyson Fury? I think I think Lionel Messi at full leap wouldn't reach Tyson Fury's waist. <laughs> yeah, no. It's... I I also think. Did you watch uh, Soccer Aid this year? I didn't watch it. I only saw little clips of it. Uh, yeah. Um, the celebrity goalkeeper for World Eleven was the world's strongest man. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he's absolutely um, huge. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like Tyson Fury would look like in goal, but a bit taller. Yeah. Absolutely, and so funny. if you catch Tyson Fury between fights, he might have put a bit of bit of pounds back on, as fighters do, and yeah. therefore can absorb the hits from a football. <laughs> Just bellies it away from them. Exactly, that's all you need, like Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Skadoosh. Uh, okay, well, let's not compare uh, one of the best boxers of all time to a Kung Fu Panda. And we'll move away from that. We'll <laughs> go to the defence. So uh, at right back, uh, we've got a woman who does a little bit of everything. And her name is Jessica Ennis-Hill, famous Olympian, yeah. gold medalist, uh, decathlon, decathlete, sorry, decathlete. So we want our right back to do a little bit of everything. So, you know, in that sense, you know she's got great stamina because she can do loads of running. She's got great power from the shot put and things like that. I'm sure that translates into legs. Uh, and again, <laughs> tenuous links. This is what we're here for, tenuous links. So the modern day fullback does a little bit of everything. They defend, they attack, they've got good positioning, great stamina. I'm comparing Jessica Ennis-Hill to a little bit of like a Lucy Bronze. Nice. Playing right at the moment as we speak as well. Right this very second. Lucy Bronze <laughs> is playing. Might be half time now, actually. But yeah, it's um that's a very tenuous link. But I think Jessica Ennis Hill has got the chops to be a good right back. She's she's got all that stamina. Yeah. She does a bit of everything. And like I said, that's what we want from our right back in this team. I um we know as well that she likes football as well, because she had used to, I don't know if she still does, had a stand named after her in is it Sheffield United? Sheffield United, yeah. Yeah. Won't yeah. go into so, why she took a name away from there, but yeah. yeah. So we know she's a big fan of football. Absolutely. I would like to apologise. She's a heptathlete, not a decathlete. How many how many sports is that then? I don't know if it's more or less. This um, isn't a maths podcast. <laughs> Tathlon. Seven events. So Wow. There you go. I know she does high jump, so she definitely has got strength in her legs. Yeah, and she can I'm get up. Do that. She can get up for the leap. Yep. Get up at corners. Yeah, exactly. So the, the events that she would do, 100 meter hurdles, so you know she can run and leap over challenges as they're coming in, like a yeah. hurdle. 
<laughs> high jump, she can get up for it, head it away, no problem. Shot put, she's got strength in the upper body, so she can push people off the ball. 200 yeah. meters, runs long distances at, at pace, just like you want. Yeah. Long jump, in case she needs to dive into any challenges. <laughs> Javelin, in case she needs to kill someone. No, no, no not that one. <laughs> And then, and then 800 meters. So we know she can run for long distances. Good, good stamina, great speed, power, agility, everything you want in a modern day fullback. Imagine a slide tackle coming in that looks like a long jump because they do go in like feet first. Yeah, don't they? True, two yeah. feet first. She definitely gets sent off for that. <laughs> yeah, we've seen some challenges like that in in football before. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and again, often they come from fullbacks too. So I think that's perfect. Yeah. Right, moving on from Jessica Ennis-Hill, we're going to go into our centre-backs. Now, the first one is from the sport that me and Drew are wearing the jerseys of, but it's not for either of these teams. Uh, It is a player who plays for LA Rams, recently just won the Super Bowl. Uh, It is Jalen Ramsey. Now, I have a feeling some people probably aren't going to know who that is. Depends who's listening. Basically, Jalen Ramsey... Yeah, Jalen Ramsey plays a position called cornerback, which basically all you do is mark someone the whole like the whole entire play. So you just literally stick as close to someone, stop them getting the ball, which is exactly what you want from a centre back. Exactly, and Jalen Ramsey is one of the best, uh, if not the, the best. Yeah, nicknamed the Joker. He yeah. loves a bit of trash talk as well. He's a, he's mm-hmm. one of the most confident men in the world, I'd say. Yeah. In that he will come up against anyone and say, yep, yeah, no problem. Even if he gets absolutely <laughs> dicked by that person, he's like, yep, yeah, I want that to happen anyway. That's fine. And that irrational confidence is something you need in a defender in the modern game. <laughs> yeah. He, um, I remember, uh, so someone people will know is Tom Brady. Tom Brady retired last year and he scored his last touchdown on Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey tweeted out like, oh, why did that have to be me that he scored his last touchdown on? Then Tom Brady came out of retirement and decided he wanted to play at least one or two more years. And Jalen Ramsey actually thanked him for it. And I believe he sent him a gift. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so if we uh, if we look at Jalen Ramsey's statistics in the NFL, um, they put, obviously they play significantly less games in the NFL yeah. in comparison to football. Um, 17 a season now, uh, formerly 16. Um, so it's it's changed, but it's still not a lot of games. You know, that's that gets you in the Premier League. That gets you to October. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's quite different. <laughs> uh, so um, if you break down the statistics, 364 tackles, one a day for a year, four forced fumbles, 74 pass deflections, 15 dece- interceptions. So if you if you like. Moved that into like Premier League statistics. He's great at tackling. He's great at making a striker make an error. He's great at making interceptions and getting away of the ball. Perfect centre back. And as George said, will mark anyone all day. Yeah. Yeah. Usually at that position, you're good at doing your job if the ball doesn't come your way because you're too you're too good at marking him. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just realised he's actually year younger than me, so. Um, we're going to move on before I can start crying. Uh, oh my God, it's for the same year as you. I didn't know that. Actually, can you do can you do me a favour? Because NFL money is stupid. I know boxing is as well with Tyson Fury. Can you find out what his contract is? Jalen Ramsey's. And because his will be a lot as well. 
Jalen Ramsey signed a five-year, $100 million contract with the LA Rams, including a $25 million signing bonus, $71.2 million guaranteed, and an average annual salary of $20 million. And they play at least 17 games a year. Cool. (laughs) And he's younger than us. Whose idea was this team? Right, let's move away to someone far (laughs) less successful than Jalen Ramsey. Um, Oh, no, wait. So, (laughs) Jalen Ramsey's centre-back partner, and this is one of the most tenuous links we've put in this thing, (laughs) it is legendary tennis all-time great Serena Williams. Now, Serena Williams is one of, if not the best, female tennis player of all time. You know, there's a few others, Billie Jean King, Martina Navratilova, uh, other people, her sister. But no, I think Serena probably is the best female. Well, in fact, scratch that. One of the best tennis players ever, regardless of the gender. She's one of the best ever. So we've put her in this team as a centre-back. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, she's she's powerful. She's got a great serve. She can, she's got a, you know all that power, the physique. But no. She's in the team because she can hit anything back. <laughs> Which could have been any tennis player. <laughs> yeah, but Serena's the best one. So that's the centre-back. You've got Jalen Mark in everyone, like the sweeper almost. And then you've got Serena in there as the towering defender that's just going to head everything back, clear anything, no nonsense, no faffing around. Ball comes in, smash straight back. Classic Serena Williams style. <laughs> But then, if it was back to her sport, it would just come straight back to her. Yeah, but then that's fine, because you know she's the best at giving it back again, so it'll just be a constant thing of back and forth, and she'll eventually win, because Serena Williams, and she's the best. Yeah, and a tenuous link going the other way, her dad was played by Will Smith in the film King Richard, so if you badmouth her, you know you're going to get a slap. There you go. (laughs) And there you go. I don't know um, how so, I managed that. <laughs> her career record in singles, she's lost 152 games, which is quite a lot. But when you put in comparison the fact that she's won 855, <laughs> I think you can assume uh, that, well, her high win, her win percentage of 84.9% breeds <laughs> some sort of like success in amongst her colleagues also. So, uh, I mean, the centre-back pairing of Current Super Bowl champion and arguably greatest tennis player of all time. Perfect match. Yeah. The only thing with Serena is she's not very tall. Uh, she is five foot nine. She makes up with that with raw power. And I would compare like to like who's uh, a short centre back. Malang Saar. I think he's quite a short centre back for Chelsea. He played quite well last season. <laughs> Yeah. So between here and Jalen, you've got a nice little little and large combo. I mean, she's not little, but you know, the power that she possesses and the ability, like I said, to hit anything back, whatever's coming away, smashing it straight back. Obviously, with her feet rather than a racket or a head. <laughs> and there's, there's a fantastic tenuous link for our centre backs. Serena, <laughs> stop putting, the, stop grabbing a racket. <laughs> Just it again, Serena. What? Oh, you've you've hit someone in the face with a racket. <laughs> right. Let's move on. I've just realised how American this this defence is. Oh yeah. In fact, the whole team is quite American. <laughs> right. Moving on to our left back, 
we have gone with someone who covers large distances. And by large distances, this is miles upon miles upon miles every time they compete in their sport. Granted, in their sport, they are sat in a car, but we're going to ignore that for a bit because this guy is a guaranteed winner. He has won seven world championships in his sport. He has won over 100 races, which is the only uh, uh, Formula One driver to ever do that. There's a little hint for you. This is Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis Hamilton. So things about Lewis Hamilton. Has he changed his name yet? Is he still just Lewis Hamilton or is he Lewis Labalsier Hamilton? I think now? like professionally he's going to stay as Lewis Hamilton. I think it's, it's just handy because like a... I can't pronounce that surname. So let's go for Lewis Hamilton. So, like George said, covers long distances. He has to remain laser focused the whole the whole drive. And we'll translate into the whole game. So he's never going to lose mm-hmm. concentration. He's never going to let us. He's. I was going to say drivers as well have to have a very strong neck. So head into the ball, he's going to be. Yeah, it's going to fly out of the True. private stadium. Probably he can keep his halo on if he wants during the game to keep his neck even more secure. <laughs> and imagine trying to go for a header with him. You'll be heading a metal thing on the back of his neck, a metal thing that looks like a flip flop. There you go. Uh, also with Lewis Hamilton, uh, he's he's well, very well documented. His fitness regime is insane. Yeah, he's always jogging somewhere. He loves it. I mean, he has to. He has to stay in prime physical condition which is perfect for a left-back. Think like Andy Robertson levels of stamina. That's what we're after. Mm. And then also, he is a football fan, knowledgeable in the game. Maybe not actually because he's an Arsenal fan, but sort of knowledgeable in the game. Are we going to mention it? I mean, yes. Being an Arsenal fan? He almost bought Chelsea, which... I don't know, maybe he's doing like double agent kind of vibe where he buys it you... and then goes, oh, what's that? We've, we've folded. Oh, no. <laughs> Put it this way, though. If you if you were uh, a like, multi-millionaire sports person and uh, Everton became available to buy and you could buy them and you knew you, knew you were going to get a hell of a profit if you bought them, would you do it? No. 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 He's got enough money. If I had that, if I had that much money, I just buy another club. Yeah, I, I just don't get where why that. I mean, it didn't come to fruition anyway, but still weird. No, no. big Louis. You know, he's he's always got to be wary of what's behind him with other drivers. Yeah, or in front of him, as the case may be this season. As I understand, <laughs> yeah. he's not as good this season as he was. And yeah, I, th- I think. That's actually a great great point to make. He's always aware of his surroundings because he's got to be aware of who's coming in front of him, who's behind him, what's coming up ahead. He's got to read. The, he's got to... It would be great at memorising tactics because he's got to memorise 100 corners a race. I don't know how many corners are in an F1 race, but I imagine not 100, but he's got, he's got to memorise corners. It's, it's probably about 20 a track. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, after five races, that's 100. <laughs> There's more than five races, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there's like 20 races as well. Cool. <laughs> I mean, they could be that different. It's just a corner, isn't it? Anyway. Yeah. That's a move away from my lack of knowledge of F1. So there's our defence. Uh, we're going to go into the midfield now. Now, the midfield, because the defence is so good and, and has the defensive element covered, we're going for a pretty attacking midfield. Um, and we're going to start with the player playing in the sixth position. 
So the six, uh, as you know, is the anchor, sprays the ball from everywhere, links the play. Um, think Thiago for Liverpool. That's the classic six as it is in the modern game. So our six is none other than the best quarterback in the NFL, arguably. It's only Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So you could have had other options in there, but the reason we've chosen Patrick Mahomes is because his ability to throw a deep ball is almost unrivaled. He'll get a pass off in any way, shape or form. One I'll throw you back to is the Super Bowl, not this year, the year before, when he was floating in the air. His shoulder's almost on the floor and he still managed to get a pass away that was dropped, unfortunately, because the receivers bottled it. He was a horizontal as well. (laughs) Yeah. He so like... <laughs> he's getting the he's getting the pass away wherever you wherever you put him that pass is finding its target. Yeah. Also, um, for comedy value, imagine him screaming out football instructions on a pitch. Kermit the Frog just in the middle of the pitch there. <laughs> oh, you've done him dirty, but yeah, he's unfortunate in that aspect. I think um... as well, like he's not. The most mobile. I mean, he's not not mobile. He can. He's scored a few running touchdowns, but he he's not like the most mobile. He's not like Lamar Jackson. He's not. He's not no. like that. So he's very. This Tiago comparison is perfect because Tiago is not the most quick. He doesn't run too much with the ball. He's happy to drop it off as soon as possible. He will run if he needs to, but he's always going to be the anchor in midfield. He wants to progress the ball, like Patrick Mahomes very rarely throws it backwards. Unless he's got a running back on, which will be the progression of Jalen Ramsey or Serena Williams running back from the back, you know, and he can sit in there nicely, protect. He's big, strong, great eye for a pass. Perfect player to play as a six in this midfield. I think this is genuinely one of the best shouts as well in the team. Yeah. See, right? Spraying it all across the field as well. Exactly. I thought, and and like, like the great tacticians, like, like a Thiago. Like a Modric, I know Modric plays more of an eight of a ten, but um, that sort of holding midfield, that that Xavi role, Iniesta could play it as well. Yeah, um, Tony Kroos, that sort of maestro in the middle, that's what I'd compare Pat Mahomes to because he has to learn the plays and he calls the plays, so he's he's like the orchestrator of the whole team, much like a quarterback, yeah. much like a six. Perfect, perfect. Would you make him captain? Uh. No, I wouldn't because, because I know who's coming up. <laughs> yes, there's an ego in here that we caught. If was not made captain, we'd probably leave. <laughs> and even though he doesn't even know he's in this team or that we exist, I don't want to chance it. <laughs> yeah, fair he's enough. He's got anyway. eyes everywhere. He'd find us. Uh, moving on, we are going to go away from British and Americans for a little bit uh, before we swiftly go back again. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go with our number 10, <laughs> which is going to be Roger Federer. Uh, yeah. In the notes, we just have, and this is perfect, really, Silky, which is fantastic. So you're looking at like uh, a Christian Eriksen, a Bruno Fernandes, maybe a uh, Messi. Yeah, that's all. Messi in a playmaker role. When he plays the 10, yeah. Yeah. that sort of sit behind the front, in between the lines guy threading the passes, like Pete Coutinho at Liverpool, like uh, Modric at Madrid when he's playing as a 10. That classic 10 role, sitting there, 
Like Erdegaard for Arsenal this last season, that kind of player, sitting in between the lines, perfect through balls, always got the precision. That's what we want, the little yeah. dinks. You know, Federer's great at those little backhand slices just to get like, a bit of backspin on it. Perfect to slide the ball through to these wingers, to the rest of the players, just a perfect player to play at number 10. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Well, not a hell of a lot to say. Uh, it brings a bit of class to the to the team as well. Yeah, I feel like he's always yeah. classy. Uh, not that the rest. Yeah, and that's are. why. That's why I wrote. <laughs> no, and that's why I wrote the the Ericsson comparison, like an Ericsson or a David Silva. Like a yeah, he's not. You very rarely see him angry, and he doesn't doesn't panic even in pressure situations. He's always silky and smooth. Pitt always knows what pass to play at what time. Or what shot to play at what time. Not afraid to put a bit of power behind it if he needs to. And just that guy that's in between the lines. He's got great movement, great footwork. Tricky. Yeah, love it. Yeah, pressure doesn't get to him. Nothing phases him. You've never I don't think I've ever seen him get angry. No. Unlike what what's that Australian guy that's in Wimbledon at the moment who's like screaming at everyone? Nick Kyrgios. He loves it. Yeah. He's the wild card for this team. <laughs> He's the Vinnie Jones. You just want someone to go on and kill someone, get Nick Kyrgios on. Well, that's what Tyson Fury is. Tyson Fury is going to wind up the opposition. That's true. I'd, I'd compare, if you go back to Tyson Fury, if you've ever seen the film uh, Mean Machine, but the <laughs> British version, with Vinnie Jones in that film, actually, uh, Jason Statham plays a Scottish goalkeeper called Monk. Uh, that runs out the pitch and and pretty much kills one of the guards in one of the the, the games, and that's pretty much Tyson Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we'll move on from from Roger Federer, fantastic, silky number ten. Think David Silva. Think Ericsson. I'm really enjoying how invested we are in our own ideas. <laughs> like we're actually selling this to people. Um, <laughs> We really enjoyed this episode. As if, we hope you are too. As if sticking Roger Federer on a football pitch, we're like, yeah, he'll definitely be the same level of quality he is on a tennis Straight away, tennis court. absolutely snapped by a natural player. <laughs> right, so uh, we're going to go for the eight now. So we've had a six, we've had a ten. We're going to go for the eight. And the eight is in for one reason and one reason alone. He will shoot from anywhere and it will go in. <laughs> so it is our first basketball player, and it's the chef himself, NBA champion, four-time NBA champion, Steph Curry. A funny little anecdote about Steph Curry. So, like Drew said, I'm sort of just getting into basketball, and um, I decided to watch. I think I watched every game apart from one of the um, of the NBA Finals, and uh, <laughs> he. So I knew about Steph Curry, and I knew that our. Oh, he shoot, whenever he shoots, it goes in. Like, that's just what you know about him. If he shoots a three, it's going in. I watched this game, first ever full NBA game I watched. And it's the only ever game in Steph Curry's career where he has not scored a three. <laughs> I was like, how? <laughs> but he made it, that's he pretty made it impressive. It, yeah, it is. And he made it for, in the next game by scoring 45 points. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the chef himself, Steph Curry, if you've ever seen him play basketball he does things that no one else has ever done he scored the most three-pointers in NBA history no one will ever catch him at the rate he's going he's won multiple titles he's won MVPs 
He's won. He's finally won a finals MVP. This is his first finals MVP this year. Um, and yeah, he's just unbelievable. You look at, you watch him and he shoots and you go, no way. And it just sinks it every single time. Absolute precision, yeah. automatic. And that's what you want from an eight, driving the ball forward, linking the play sometimes if he needs to. But predominant responsibility is smash that ball in that goal. <laughs> and Steph Curry, all of his shots would never hit the ground because there's always nothing but net with Steph Curry. So he's always going to smash it straight into the back of the net, which is what you want. Um, it makes me think of a great Thiago goal where he hit it and it just skims oh, yeah, just above the ground, doesn't hit it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Chef Curry, one of the greatest of all time, um, I think, in my opinion. I'm a Knicks fan, so I don't know. I, don't know much about great basketball players, but <laughs> I know I want to see one. And Steph Curry definitely is one of the best to ever play the game and earns his spot as our number eight because, as we've said, if he hits it, it's going in. <laughs> Again, we don't actually believe that if you put him on a football pitch, he's going to be any good. But oh no, how tall no. is he? Six foot three. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah, see, people think he's small because in basketball, if you're six foot three, you're small. But he is actually the same height well, as me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this. The first ever uh, time I played NBA 2K, you create your own player. I was like, right, uh, create all the things. I was just basically trying to create myself. I put right six one, so decent height. Oh my god, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started playing. I started playing a game, and I was by far the shortest on the court. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. But yeah, I mean, you can tell which my favourite sport is outside of uh, football here. That's how much I've waxed lyrical about Steph Curry in the NBA. Uh, But yeah, Steph is unbelievable. Such a likeable character. Um, And he has a little fun, he did have a really fun little uh, pre-game warm-up with a player called Leandro Barbosa. And basically, Leandro Barbosa is Brazilian, so loves football. So he'd like kick the ball up like he's playing football or soccer, and then he'd like pass it. He'd like kick it to Steph Curry, who would then turn and shoot, like. And it was like a little pre-warm up thing they ever had. They had before most games, and it was just Leandro Barbosa doing a few kickups, passing it to Steph, and then Steph sinks the three. Beautiful. There you go. You've somehow linked a uh, football. <laughs> there you go. There's a link in there somewhere. You just got to look hard enough. You just got to look. All right, we'll move away from Steph because I could talk about him all day. What a player. So we're going to go to the wingers. Uh, I'll let you have the fun one. (laughs) So the first winger is going to be in for pure pace and pace alone. Uh, Great footwork on this person. Um, Absolutely insane speed to the point where he actually once raced a cheetah. Or was alleged to race a cheater, or wanted to race a cheater. I can't remember how he did it, but uh, he is a South African man, rugby player. It is legendary Brian Habana. Yeah. Surely, if he so raced Brian a cheater, Habana, that that would be online somewhere. Um, let's find out. <laughs> Surely, I hope he win. He won't win, but you know, <laughs> this is really funny. Whoever wrote this article is is very dry. So, 
uh, Brian Habana in April 2007 to demonstrate his pace and also to raise awareness of the imminent danger of the cheetah being classified as an endangered species. So he was doing it for a reason, not just to like prove that prove, he was the fastest yeah. person in the world. Um, so Brian Habana lost to the cheetah in a 100-meter race. Um, and the article says... He lost because cheetahs can run 70 miles per hour instead of 22 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> so he never stood the chance. <laughs> oh, give that man a raise. That's funny. So providing that we don't play a team of cheetahs, he should be the fastest player on the pitch. Yeah. Well, I remember, like, so that that reminds me of. Do you remember when Cristiano Ronaldo raced a Bugatti Veyron? It was for an advert. I don't remember uh, that. No, it was for like Nike or something like that. Should we put the and, Bugatti um, Veyron on the wing instead? <laughs> so the the funniest thing about this was they start. So that on the video they start the race and they get to one side and Ronaldo uh, touches the ground, turns around, and sprints back the other way. So in that aspect, the Bugatti Veyron has to stop, put it into reverse, and go the other way. That's how they were racing. And uh, and then Ronaldo won. And um, all the comments were like, that's so unfair because Ronaldo only won because the Bugatti Veyron had to stop and start reversing. It's like, you do realize your Bugatti Veyron can go up to however many miles an hour. Like, if it was the other way around and it was a straight 100-meter race... <laughs> Ronaldo's got no chance. No, and he, if I raced in my Peugeot 207, I'd beat him. I'll go <laughs> faster than this person. Yeah, so these people in the comments are like, that's unfair. It's like, oh my God, get a life. But so yeah. back onto your old Brian Habana here. Um, yeah. Very famous rugby union winger for South Africa. Uh, one world player of the year. Um, terrific player. Scored crazy amount of tries. And was very famous for being very fast. So for a winger in a football team, that's what we want. Pure pace. Think yeah. Roger Federer slides in a nice little slide rule pass and then Brian Habana, whack, straight onto it. Uh, rugby players often have good footwork too. Um, they have to kick the ball quite frequently. Um, grub a kick so they kick it along the floor in front of them. So Brian Habana is already used to kicking a ball in front of him. And this ball isn't shaped like an egg, so it's not going to roll off. It's just going straight ahead of him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Now, I know you're thinking, listeners, why didn't we put, if we're talking about fast people, why didn't we put Usain Bolt in this? Now, the reason we didn't do that is because Usain Bolt actually played professional football in Australia. So he can't be allowed to be in this team. He was absolutely shite. He keeps keeps himself in the uh, (laughs) soccer aid team just to try and prove that he can do it against a a, a 47-year-old Jamie Carragher. And think that he can prove himself as a good football player. And he still can't. <laughs> no. He can't. Fair play, Jamie Carragher does like punch him in the back as he's running past him, but still. I love how Jamie so, yeah, Carragher Brian has like no respect for any of the celebs in that. Not at all. That game. Not at all. But yeah, Brian Habana, super speedy, on the wing. There's our first winger. The next winger is in for my favourite reason of all these things, and I'm going to let George take this one. Yes, so think of Bruno Fernandes, think of Neymar, think of, uh, I'm trying to think of more. (laughs) Basically, Uh, this next player is Tom Daly. That's right, you guessed it. 
Tom Daly is in the team just to dive and win free kicks. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, f- the funniest reason to have anyone in here because um, I don't think anyone's ever picked a team in professional football and go, right, your job is to dive and win free kicks. But that's what's happening in our team. I don't know. There's been some players that, that didn't do much else. Yeah, that's true. So you, you've all seen the dives on the football pitch. Sometimes they're not very well sold. So what we want is a player that can sell a dive better than most people in the world. And the best person we can think for that job is obviously Tom Daly, famed uh, Olympic diver. He's won medals by himself. He won a gold medal in the last Olympics in the doubles. Um, but this man can land a dive absolutely perfectly. So on a football pitch, going full speed, he can sell a dive, no problem. Maybe a in few my... less flips, I would hope. <laughs> well, this is what I was going to say in my head. Like Tom Daly's running down this, uh, the wing. Kyle Walker sticks out a leg but brings the leg back in. Tom Daly goes for a dive and does like a triple axle spin pike and then <laughs> headbutts the ground head first. <laughs> no splash, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just have a load of people in the crowd holding <laughs> up tens. But yeah, so when you find out who our striker is, he's absolutely massive. Um, you find out why we want free kicks. We want to play for the set piece because yep. of the leap on the guy that's up front is going to be insane. So we're going to be an absolute set piece machine. Tom Daly getting on that, getting the free kicks every time. Literally, all he has to do is touch the ball once, get taken out or not, as the case may be in this instance. Now, yep. if you're listening to this, kids, don't dive. <laughs> but. If you, we don't care about that because this is a fictional team and we need <laughs> to have tenuous links to play. So Tom Daly is in. Fantastic diver. And that's what we want. Go on, Tom. Go on, Tom. And right, whatever right. kit we choose, Tom Daly can crochet that kit. Or I was going to say that. I was going to say that, whatever, the, whatever he did. So, right. Picture this. Tom Daly's gone down. You've been awarded a free kick. Patty Mahomes goes over, puts it down. It's on. Uh, it's on sort of on the wing, so it's going to have to be a cross into the bo- uh, box. Patty Mahomes looks for his main target. Drew, who's his main target? It's only bloody LeBron James. <laughs> and so you're yeah, not going to miss him. <laughs> Our striker, the king himself, LeBron James. Power, agility, leap, strength, confidence, the king. In my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time. Controversial opinion, I know. Recency bias. I know Michael Jordan exists. I know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar exists, Kobe Bryant. But for me, it's LeBron because of the the longevity of what he's done. He's going into his 18th year in the NBA and he's still better than 95% of the NBA. (laughs) Yeah, he um, yeah, he's just incredible as well. He's done it for different teams as well, which sort of I know that doesn't mean massive amount, but it's like he has moved around and still done it everywhere he's gone. Yeah. Um, it yeah. doesn't mean as much than if you say that in football because you don't move leagues, you're still in the same league, you're still playing the same players. But um, yeah, what a player? I mean, this guy is six foot nine, so the same height as uh, Tyson Fury. So any ball, so he can defend corners too. Any ball coming in, 
It's getting nowhere near. Because not only is he six foot nine, he can jump pretty much that in the air as well. So any header, the problem he's going to have is he's going to be too. He's going to be above the goal. He's going to be have to heading it down. <laughs> or like bicycle kit, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, this guy, ultimate machine. What he does with his body, it's like him and Tom Brady have this weird like recovery thing where they both do like outlandish things to recover their bodies. He's got like a cryo sleep chamber. We mentioned that in like our it's, third episode. It's similar to Ronaldo, isn't it? Their sort of yeah. regime. Uh, and LeBron, like he's just. He carries teams. He's been on terrible teams and he's carried them to finals. He'll carry a team from the mud. He'll do it all by himself. So if this team's slipping and we're struggling, Tom Daly's diving's not working. The ref's already booked him, so we can't risk it again. If Brian Habana's forgotten how to kick it, if Steph's shot's missing, if Patrick Mahomes' passes are missing, if the other players can't get into the game, all you need, give LeBron the ball and watch the man cook. Yeah, He is one of the best in any sport ever, carry can carry any team you put him on. And, tenuous link again, he is a part owner of Liverpool FC. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Never knew that. Never knew that. Yeah. Get him out of the team. <laughs> there you go. There's also, so, there's, there's the term that you use in American sports, which is... Um, you sort of use it in British sports as well, but it's like clutch. Like d- pulling things out of the bag in clutch moments, which is basically um, when your team needs you the most, if you're behind or if it's a vital, say for instance in basketball, a vital shot, a vital block, a vital whatever, he is clutch. Like he doesn't let pressure get to him. It doesn't matter when it is in a game. He'll just do what he needs to do. Yeah. So, yeah. And what's great about LeBron is his his agency is called Clutch Sports. Is it? <laughs> there you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, LeBron, uh, little known fact, he is a part owner of Liverpool. He has a very small share in Liverpool FC, but he does. He actively supports Liverpool. Uh, mm. He's been pitching in Liverpool kits. Uh, I actually genuinely think that the, the Liverpool night deal was helped by LeBron James to get that deal over the line. He was part of the pitch to Liverpool. Like, hey, LeBron likes you. Why don't you go with Nike? <laughs> And yeah, I, I, this man carries his team, drags them out of the mud, especially last year. His team are absolutely shocking. Uh, he got a terrible Cleveland Cavaliers team to the finals a few years ago. He's played with awful teammates and he always, always is in contention for MVP, even if he's not that close. He's always, he's just unbelievable every year and again and again and again. I compare him in longevity styles to um, James Milner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even finish that without laughing. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not biting on that. Can I oh, actually? Oh, can I say something? I am gonna. I am gonna help you out here. I was reading something the other day. I don't know if you saw this. Liverpool do a preseason lactate test. Lactate test. Right? So at first, I sort of had to do a double take because in my eyes, lactate is something different. But basically, they they what? milk the players to see. <laughs> I was a bit, when I saw it, I was a bit like, oh God, what is that? But every, so apparently every year, pre-season, Drew, you probably know more about this. Yep. They um they run long distances at a certain speed. It has to be at a certain speed. You can't like jog it. It's it's not a sprint, but it's a bit like quicker it's than a, a jog. Like, yeah. 
And then each lap of the field they do, they take a bit of blood from their, I read ear, was it ear lobe or ear? Something yeah. somewhere in the ear. Yeah, yeah. And they lever the um, uh, amount of, is it lactose? Lactic acid. Lactic acid in in the blood. And then if it's at the right they level, they don't take the milk on. out of their ear. <laughs> I, I'm not really fucking science. <laughs> they milk anyway, the players' take, ears to find out. They level, the, yeah. <laughs> They take <laughs> they take the level of the lactic acid, uh, and if it's below a certain um, percentage or whatever, the the player has to stop. Like even if they feel like they can carry on, they have to stop. Apparently, James Milner has won this every single year he's been at Liverpool, including this past week where yeah. he came back at thirty six years old and pasted all of them and. On the first few days of pre-season, Liverpool only invited a few, a few of the players back that hadn't been playing internationals or weren't like first-team players. So he was pretty much doing it against the under-23s and he still absolutely pasted it. <laughs> yeah, fair play. And that is much like LeBron James. I was going to say, we've sort of went away from that. That can be like an extra bit at the end. but like. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, LeBron James is the NBA's equivalent of James Milner. No, he's the NBA equivalent of Ronaldo. <laughs> you even said they both have a cryo James Miller's a, a better comparison, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same age, similar age too. Yeah, okay. All right, well, <laughs> we'll move away from uh, uh, LeBron Milner. Ah, uh, James, James. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll move away from James Squared and we'll go forward to our manager, or coach, as we should say, because uh, his role, he isn't a manager, he is a coach. Uh, we've gone for the ultimate shithouse coach. It's Bill Belichick. Now, Bill Belichick is the coach of the New England Patriots, has been for 25 years, something like that? Uh, yeah, but um, before that, he was even just um, uh, offensive coach as well. No, yeah. defensive coach. So, Bill Belichick... Um, Created the dynasty at New England Patriots with Tom Brady. Uh, he is a very angry man on the sideline. Very often uh, seen looking like he's about to murder someone. Very rarely yep. smiles, cracks any jokes, hugs people, no emotions at all. And perfect for this team. I mean, we're already committing to cheating by having one of our players just diving. <laughs> so Bill Belichick um, is infamous for his ability to cheat and get away with it in the NFL. So he's yeah. he's the perfect manager for this team of misfits and a diver. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know the story, basically um, Belichick sends scouts out to other teams' practices to spy on them. A little bit like... Um, Marcelo Bielsa. Yes, thank you. Uh, and also, there was a big scandal in a Super Bowl once where New Eng- he had New England Patriots play with deflated balls to get used to them. And then in the Super Bowl had managed, I don't know how he managed it, managed to get the balls deflated to the same standard so that New England could then play with it and the other team were a bit lost. So, uh, yeah. yeah. We've we just made the comparison between, I mean, that, that is insane. We've made the comparison between Bielsa and Belichick. They look very similar. <laughs> yeah. Google it. Yeah. Listeners, I, Google yeah. that right now. Google Belichick, Google Bielsa. Listeners, you have you have a brief moment to do the same. <laughs> they got the same facial expressions. I think that's it. 
Literally. Yeah. So there's Bill Belichick. And then... <laughs> it's a bit of a reach, but yeah, I'll give you that one. It's too old. Oh, that's men. the same person. <laughs> you see him in the same place? I haven't. Well, he's the perfect manager for this team because he, he has a loose grasp on the rules and that's what we need for a team that has a boxer in goal, a diver on the wing. Someone so who might bring go. a car onto the pitch, yeah. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton's driving onto the pitch, has a metal gear thing around his neck. So there we go. Right. There is our alternative sports 11. But George is coming in with a late pick for the kit. I don't know what this is. George, what we got? Well, I think possibly, you, you'll agree with me straight away, I think, possibly the greatest kit in any sport ever. It's the All Blacks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Absolutely. I always think that uh, barely any sponsors on it. Just literally, as it says in the tin, it's just all black. Black top, black shorts, black yeah. socks. Done. Easy. I like what you've done there, but I'm going to raise you. Uh, I want them to wear the green jacket from the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> whole team yeah, wearing the green that. jacket from the Masters. So what we'll do is we'll have them in all black kits with the green jacket over, like they've won the match. That's the, that's the you know, when teams walk the out warm with up. the, um, the warm-up. There you go, perfect. There we go. If that's not a fitting end to this podcast, I don't know what is. There so you go. we'll go through our alternative sports 11 once more, just to remind you of the picks, and then uh, you can go on with your lives. So we've gone for a 4-3-3 formation. In goal, we have... Six foot nine feet of pure anger, aggression, precision, punching. It's Tyson Fury. In defence, we've got does a little bit of everything, or seven things. Jessica Ennis Hill, famous cornerback, chases everyone round, marks anyone. Brilliant tackler, Jalen Ramsey. His partner in centre back will be Serena Williams. Power, pure power, knocks anything back. Anything that comes towards it, it's going straight back the way it came. And then on the left of this defence, we have Lewis Hamilton with his halo around his neck. Neck strength, stamina. That's the two main things there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This is ridiculous. Uh, moving on to the midfield, we have our number six, uh, who's going to sit deep in that midfield and create a pass from anywhere, spreading it all across the pitch. It is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we're going to go over to Roger Federer at number 10. Very silky. We compared him to Ericsson. Brings a bit of class to the team. And then we've got a number eight who will shoot from anywhere. And it's going to go in and it's going to hit the net every time. It is Steph Curry. Yeah, now on the wing, on the right wing, we've got a man who was not faster than Cheetah, but it's still faster than most humans, Brian Habana. Uh, and then on the other wing, we have the best diver in the game. There to win free kicks all game. It's Tom Daly. And then up front, arguably one of the greatest sportsmen ever in any sport. It is LeBron James. Six foot nine LeBron James. And then we've got the coach. That's Bill Belichick. Because he has created a dynasty. It's not just for cheating, but he has cheated as well. And we're not we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna stop him cheating in this team. And then the we're not kit above that. Is, <laughs> the kit is the all blacks. Uh, basically New Zealand's rugby team kit with 
the warm-up jacket as the <laughs> green blazer from the Masters. Yes, there we go. Now, if this isn't the most chaotic episode we've ever recorded, I don't know what is. Yeah, I think we've topped any episode with in at this one. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you didn't, fair play. Uh, <laughs> that's us done for another week. Uh, we'll come back with a more cohesive episode next week. Um, <laughs> maybe one about the sport that we have a podcast based on. Who knows? Um, we, we we do have some guests in the pipeline, so get ready for them. Uh, don't forget yep. to take part in our, our new transfer game on Instagram. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, George has got one out of four right so far at time of recording. So hopefully I he got can two right. Start... Oh, sorry. Two, out, two of out of four. <laughs> two out of four, right. Um, so he's at a 50% rate. Right. Hopefully by the next episode. About that. That's still not great. <laughs> So hopefully by the next episode he will have uh, did some research and got more right. Uh, we also we also know need to bring up the elephant in the room, Drew. In this uh, game, Drew's wife, <laughs> when wife. Drew put up uh, who <laughs> who um, who did uh, Ronaldo move to Real Madrid from, she messaged back to the Nostalgia FC uh, page saying, "I know I'm not good at football, but that's not Ronaldo." When we were talking yeah, so about, so in context, you know, it, it's Ronaldo, Ronaldo Nazario. So she saw that yeah. and said, "That's not Ronaldo," and she doubled down on that when she got home from work and said to me, "But it's not Ronaldo." It's like, <laughs> "Yes, it is Ronaldo." Get out of the house. <laughs> we had a good run. You're going to be in the doghouse after this. <laughs> Sad thing is, I actually, I actually uh, messaged her to clear that joke. That's <laughs> really? marriage, kids. All right. <laughs> This, this is going the wrong way, so we're going to stop now. Um, come back next week where I may or may not be divorced. Hopefully not. Uh, thanks for listening again. Um, go check us out on socials, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We've got them all. Uh, we've also got an email address, which is... NostalgiaFCPod at gmail.com. Yeah, come back next week uh, where we might have a guest. We might have a, a new episode with something completely different. Who knows? Like we often say now, we don't know. So we'll come back. We no we'll give you something. No, but we're enjoying the ride. That This was Nostalgia FC's Alternative Sports 11 and what team it was. And what a team it was. Right, so I've got a little bonus bonus story for the end of the pod. Um, oh, go on. It's about the joy of the joy of football, the actual sport that we do a podcast on, not all these other sports. Um, so when I was in Crete recently, about a month ago, I was in Crete. Uh, I was in a place called the Samaria Gorge, which is uh, the second longest gorge in the whole of Europe. It's absolutely incredible. I'd recommend anyone to go there. Um, but it was like 32 degrees, and it was... 16 kilometers worth of a giant ravine of a forest. It's incredible. I would recommend it to anyone. I was wearing my Columbia shirt because I thought, oh, I best wear something that I can sweat through and it won't, well, it'll breathe. So a football shirt was the right choice. So I wore my Columbia shirt. 
Bearing in mind, I'm a Welshman in the middle of Greece, or Crete, in the middle of this gorge. We get to this, like, rest point. A lady stops, comes up to me, and says, hey, Colombia, and gives me the heart sign. And then she tells me how much she loves football, how she loves Colombia. She's like, ah, oh, Colombia, love it. And then she, like, goes off. So I randomly met a Colombian woman in a Greek <laughs> gorge because I was wearing a Colombian football shirt. And I just thought it's really nice how football brings the world together. How random is that? Of all places that, that is... I could meet a Colombian. I've never met a Colombian person in my life. And I meet a Colombian person in the second largest gorge in Europe, completely randomly. And we connected over football. I think that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And nice. that's how I do this podcast. She didn't know about the podcast. I tried <laughs> to plug it. She didn't understand. It's the whole thing. It's fine. Yeah. I... Uh... Maybe to go just give a different story as well. Speaking about football, I uh, fumbled the bag massively recently when Danny Baker walked into the bar that I manage. I started chatting to him, got a picture with him, sent it to Drew. I was like, ah, look who I just met. Completely didn't think to tell him that we had a podcast and invite him on. So um, at some point, I will tweet him, be like, send him the photo, be like, remember me? Um- <laughs> Danny Baker, if you're listening, uh, do you want to come on? Yeah, he's not listening. <laughs> 